Welcome to episode 17 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Uh, This is the first episode of 2021, and what a year 2020 was, wasn't it? We've all survived it. Well, I hate saying that because many of us didn't. Um, Perhaps some of us listening have lost people, whether because of COVID or something else. I know I lost my mom and a dear cousin of mine um, in 2020. Um, That being said, uh, those of us that are here in 2021, welcome and glad to be alive, you know, glad to be alive. Thinking about COVID though, can you imagine here in the U.S. over 1 in 1,000 people that were alive in 2020 over one in 1,000, not one in a million, one in 1,000 people have died from COVID. More than that. Can you imagine that? That's, it's shocking, just shocking to think how much that, uh, that pandemic has affected us here in America. Well, let's hope that uh, this coming year will, you know, bring the results of the of the vaccination let's hope that it is uh well received hopefully uh, people take precautions more seriously hopefully this thing gets abated is all i'm saying and i know we all think that we all hope and wish that well i know you just listened to an episode um just a couple of days ago that being my absinthe episode and I know that was a depar- departure from <laughs> photography, but I do love absinthe, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. And I thank you for enduring that. If that wasn't something you were interested in, and if you if it did strike your fancy in some way, I'm glad you listened. But back to photography for this this episode. Uh, to start off with, I want to just say that 2021 will be a bit different as far as my podcast is concerned, in a good way. Uh, I'm hoping to be, not I'm hoping, I'm promising to be more regular. And that is, I'm going to have my podcast as a once a month podcast. And that the day that I release it will be the first day of the month. And so hopefully that regularity will um, help all you dear listeners. um, And also help me keep on my toes, keep more regular, keep me thinking about photography different aspects of photography and things that I want to talk about. Uh, Now, there may be intermittent podcasts here and there. I'm not promising anything regarding that. I'm just saying that if there's something in between, um, just know that it's more of an arbitrary fluke versus uh, something that's part of my my regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Um, So anyways, uh, enough about that. Well, I wanted to talk, first of all, about uh, a little bit of news that I saw on Cosmophoto.com. Uh, I saw it hinted at uh, on the Negative Positives Facebook page. Now, that's a Facebook page that if you're not following, it's a, a nice place to be because, for one, it's, a, it's coming from the Negative Positives podcast, which is an excellent podcast hosted by Mike Gutterman um, and Andre Dominguez, um, and I'm Sorry, I can't remember the name of the the third uh, co-host right now. Uh, she's brand new, um, kind of filling in the the 
shoes of Roxanne Angles. Um, but nonetheless, it's a beautiful, or I don't know if Mike would call it a beautiful podcast, but it's a wonderful podcast that I really love. Um, in addition, um, the Negative Positives Facebook page is a place where many, many, many photographers uh, submit their work. Um, it, it's just a, a nice place to be, not only to see awesome photographs, but also to chat with nice people. It's a, a cool place to be. Well, anyways, I saw uh, something on the uh, Facebook page today, and that was that Kodak Alaris is hinting at a new release, some new releases this year of film stocks. And I'll quote from one of the guys, this was on Cosmo Photo. Um, one of the guys, his name is Andy Church, a unit manager. Um, he said, we have also got a couple of new additions to our portfolio we're looking at. I can't tell you uh, what they are because I don't want to get people too excited in terms of announcing something and then not being able to deliver. But one of them would be something relaunched that we have had previously and perhaps a new product that would also come to market. I'm looking forward to that. I couldn't say any more on that at the moment, but it's a very early heads up really on some work we're actually looking at currently. So that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. I love Kodak. Um, I've shot, you know, other brands of film, Lomography, Kentmere, um, uh, Fujifilm, but Kodak is where it's at for me. I, I just adore Kodak films. Um, from their professional films to their consumer-grade films. And we'll talk about one of those consumer-grade films today, but uh, I just really, truly love Kodak. It's a a long-standing company. Yes, they've had price increases, um, but really most things have had price increases. And uh, um, I'm just glad that they're healthy enough uh, of a company that they can stand to make those price increases um, and not worry too much about what you know consumers are going to think, if you know what I mean. Um, to me, price increases are almost a good sign of a healthy company. Whereas when you lower your prices, it's a sign of possible trouble. So I, that, that's a good sign, in my opinion, a good sign. Um, and who knows what those new film stocks are going to be. You can be sure, though, that when they come out, if they are available in 35mm, I will be uh, buying up each and every uh, bit of, you know, each and every kind of uh, new film that will be coming out to try it out. That, that's exciting. It truly is exciting. I remember uh, in my photo- photographic film photographic journey, I started out with... Uh, uh, Kodak um, Ektachromi 100 uh, and that had recently been uh, released uh, I think in 2019 I believe and so that was pretty exciting but it, again it, everything was new and exciting at that point for me because film was new to me so now that I've been with it for you know year and a half or so it's exciting to see a new film stock I'm really excited about that um, we'll see what it is, but you can again, you can be sure that when that film or those films come out, as long as they're in 35 millimeter, 
I will be trying them out and I'll be talking about them. <laughs> so, anyways, well, I wanted to talk today about I know I hinted at it in the last episode about cheap films, and I wanted to talk about a, a film stock that I really, really love. And it's kind of a broad range film stock. Um, reason being is that it's it comes in 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 modern times, you know, in, in these days, it comes in two different speeds. They're branded differently, but they're essentially the f- same film. And it has a long history, and that's the Kodakolor uh, line of Kodak film. Today we know them as Kodak Gold 200 and Kodak Ultramax 400. But it's really it, the, these films are not new. They're they have a long history with Kodak, um, starting you know way 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 back in the I believe the 50s or 40s even. Yeah, the 40s, uh, 19. In, in the 40s is when Kodakolor started, and Kodakolor took on various forms from Kodakolor X, which I've shot. It was a an older film stock that um, was uh, developed to be used with C22 chemicals, um, not C41, so uh, <laughs> have to beware when shooting old, old, old films like that, not to develop it in the not to develop it in the same way you would develop standard C41 uh, films. Um, then they came out with Kodakolor 2, and that was the first to be developed in C41 chemicals, which was a nice change. Uh, I've shot Kodakolor 2. I'm, I have some Kodakolor 2 in my fridge, and I'm looking forward to, to shooting them. And then they came up, came out with Kodakolor HR, Kodakolor VR, and uh, that's when it started getting into what we would consider to be gold and ultramax they came out with vr uh uh, vrg i'm sorry vr and then vrg vrg became gold 100 vrg 200 became gold 200 and vrg 400 became gold 400 which later as we have now is called ultramax 400 but what is it about this film? It's got, again, a long history. Uh, gold and Ultramax, I'll, I'll talk primarily of gold because I've shot more of it. it. You know, it's got a long, long history. It's a, it's a film stock that is widely, widely available. Um, it's relatively inexpensive. You know, it's considered a, a consumer-grade film. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with consumer-grade film. When I first started out with film photography, you know, I came off of uh, shooting digital, and I had, at the time, my favorite film camera I'd ever had, that was the Fujifilm X100, and again, I love that that camera. Some, some days I wish I still had it, but um, nonetheless, I remember taking a series of photos with uh, the Fujifilm X100. It was the same photo, shot at various ISOs ranging from ISO 100 100 all the way up to ISO 12,800 I believe Um, and I just wanted to test each and every ISO range to see where the grain would be apparent I was very concerned with uh, grain I guess it's more noise not grain noise and grain are very differently or very different I should say different characteristics but I wanted to find out where the noise would be present so I knew kind of where where my limits would be because I I did not like noisy images 
I don't think many of us like digitally noisy images. And I'll get more into <laughs> into that in just a minute. But I, I, I shot it and found I could go up to like 1600 or 3200 and still maintain a relatively noise-free uh, image. Well, jump ahead just a few months, and I got my first film camera with uh, with my film, and I searched for the lowest grain film or lowest speed film that I could find. Um, I went with Kodak Ektachrome E100. That was the very first film I shot. Kodak uh, Ektachrome E100. I also got Kodak Ektar 100, and I got the Kodak 2254. ISO 1.6, so low speed films, and the 2254 is by by and large my favorite film stock to this day. Um, ISO 1.6, really super low. <laughs> but um, anyways, I was I was looking for the cleanest, most grain free film that I could find because I was coming off of digital. Well, fast forward. Um, you know, into my film photography, and now I've shot all kinds of film, including Kodak Gold. Now, I bought Kodak Gold initially because uh, of a project that I was going to do this past spring that didn't come out or turn out because of the coronavirus. I was going to take a a bunch of uh, young people out and, you know, kind of shoot some film, give them a chance to shoot film for the first time. And that never did happen because of the restrictions that were put in place um, before we got a chance to do that. So I ended up shooting all that film. Uh, you know, I can buy it again later on if we, you know, if we, if those restrictions are, are lifted. But this uh, Kodak Gold, uh, it, it's a cheap, relatively cheap film. You know, you can get it for maybe four and a half, five dollars a roll. Uh, it's widely available. Um, it's uh, got a long history. It's very usable. You know, it's a medium, low to medium speed of 200, but you can uh, overexpose it by a stop if you'd like or two. It's got a little bit of a latitude as far as how you can shoot it. Um, it's quite forgiving, and it's got a good look to it. Now, again, I talked a little bit about uh, wanting to be grain-free, not talking diet and dietarily grain free as far as uh, uh, film stocks when I first started Kodak Gold has plenty of grain it's not a, a clean grain film like uh, like Ektar or 2254 I've never shot Portrait but I've heard that that's pretty grain free as well you know it's a consumer grade film so it's got a lot of grain but I tell you what that grain looks good it looks very good it's a uh, it's just got something about it um, that does not look obtrusive. It just looks classic, I guess, if you could call film like that. It's got a classic look to it. In addition, uh, Kodak Gold, the the name kind of says a lot about the way the film looks. It has a golden tone to it. Uh, not every photo that comes off of Kodak Gold is golden, but it does lend itself to having a warm warm color to it um i do a lot of uh photography you know landscape photography or uh, plants and leaves and flowers things like that just because that's what's around here 
Um, and it lends itself quite well, uh, especially during the fall. Uh, you know, I, uh, all the bright colors render beautifully on Kodak Gold. Um, and again, the grain structure, it, it's just, I don't know, there's something classic looking about it. But something else about Kodak Gold that I really love is that it dries flat. Now, for those of you that shoot film, you know how important it is when a film dries flat. When a film doesn't dry flat, you know, it kind of curls or cups. Um, it, it, it It's hard to scan. When you put it, I, I use an Epson V600. So when I put it in, when I put curled film into the, the film holders, um, either A, I have to put up with the the Newton rings, which are those concentric multicolored rings um, that show up in in the picture if, if the film is curled and it's unsightly and I, I, I don't like the look of it. Or you have to use um, anti-Newton ring glass, A&R glass, which is matted on one side. And um, that's a good solution, but it does present some problems. One, you have to make sure that that glass is clean of fingerprints and dust. That's difficult to do, difficult to maintain. In addition to making sure that your film is free of dust. And, of course, your uh, scanner bed. So, it, it's just a little bit, bit more difficult to use the A&R glass. Secondly, that A&R glass... While being a good solution, it does alter the look of the of the of the picture a little bit. So you have to be aware of that. Um, so when a film dries flat, you don't have to worry about that at all. You just blow the dust off, lay it, put it in your tray, and scan away, and it's just beautiful. It slides into the into your uh, sleeves. Um, flat film slides into your um, not your sleeves. <laughs> you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Your film uh, uh, archival archival sleeves it slides in nice and easy lays flat uh, flat film flat drying film is just good now I'm not saying that it dries flat every single time but for me it has um, I don't know maybe you've had different experience but to me it lies as flat as ektar and I that's something that I appreciate I, I really appreciate the the fact that it has that quality because it makes scanning a breeze. Um, so yeah, Kodak Gold. Nothing wrong with cheap consumer-grade films, you know. Uh, all of those cheap films, you know, they have their ver a variety of qualities. Um, and Kodak Gold is among them. Kodak Gold and Kodak, Kodak Ultra, Ultramax 400. Both are very similar. Very similar in their qualities. Gold... Uh, Ultramax, I should say, is a bit more versatile because it's a higher speed film, um, but it has a little bit more grain. Um, but I've found over the you know the past year and a half that grain is actually really good. It's a lot different than digital noise. Film grain, I might be biased here. <laughs> uh, you know, I I have thought about it that I'm kind of a hypocrite when you think about it because. When um, when I was shooting digital, I wanted the cleanest, cleanest looking image with zero, you know, noise. And now I love images that have grain, but I think it's because digital noise and film grain are just two different things altogether. 
digital noise, it's a signal-to-noise uh, ratio uh, problem, you know? Whereas film grain is actually the structure of the film emulsion itself. I just find that fascinating. I think it looks good. Um, so yeah, Kodak Gold 200. Long live consumer-grade films. I I really uh, do appreciate that those kinds of films are, are available. And you know... It, it's called consumer grade film, but that doesn't mean that seasoned photographers can't use these cheap films. In fact, if you view it kind of like cooking, a professional uh, professional cook or chef or whatever, you know, they may use their you know fancy herbs and spices, but that doesn't mean they forget the salt and pepper, right? Salt and pepper is kind of the mainstay, and you know, you could you could argue that these other other herbs and spices, good though they are, salt and pepper have their own characteristics that are missing if that's what the recipe calls for. And so it's the same with this cheap consumer grade film. Yes, Kodak, Ektar, Portra, whatever the you know, slide films, all these uh you know, more expensive films, these professional you know, quote-unquote professional films do have their place. But these cheap consumer-grade films not only fill a niche with beginners, yes, that they're good for beginners, but they're also good for seasoned photographers who, uh, A, want to add some spice to their photography, B, want to just get out and shoot without having to break the bank, or C, happen to love the look of these classic, classic film stocks. So... Yeah, Kodak Gold. I hope it sticks around because it's a, a good film stock. So anyways, I, I do thank you for uh, listening to me rant a little bit or ramble a little bit about uh, this beautiful film. And again, I, uh, I thank you for being with me. I hope, again, 2021 is uh, good for us all. And I hope we continue on in, in this photographic journey all together. Uh, you know photography is almost a catharsis because we all go through problems and trials uh 2021 felt like one big trial that we all face together and photography is a way that we can let out our expressions that we can uh you know explore the world explore how we feel about the world it's a way that we can express ourselves um and film photography, I don't know, there's just something, <laughs> it, it's got me hooked, you know, uh, it's got me hooked. So enough about that. I, uh, again, thank you for joining with me. Keep analog alive. Keep on shooting that film, guys. And uh, we'll see you, talk with you next month. Bye.